Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, gang, and welcome back to another episode of Welfare in Lockdown with me, Amy Lane. We're still battling the pandemic and life is very different to how it was back in Feb. And some of that shows in this week's episode because I did record this show before our daily lives changed. Rarely do you get the opportunity to interview a Team GB runner. So when I heard Laura Muir was in town, I coerced her into the welfare studio along with another brilliant expert. That means, at times... This week, we talk about travel, the gym and Tokyo 2020. But I've decided to leave these in the show as there will be life after lockdown. Plus, who doesn't want to hear about how an elite runner preps for the biggest race of their life? So stick with me and I really hope you enjoy this week's episode of Welfare. First up, though, it's the news you can use. If you're forever getting to the gym to find you've forgotten your headphones, pause for thought for a minute. A study found that by observing your thoughts and feelings, aka meditation, you can help fight forgetfulness. The best bit is you could start seeing results after only a week. So I say, try Headspace on the way to the gym and never be on the treadmill without tunes again. Right then, it's time for today's show. This week, my guests are five indoor and outdoor European champion, Laura Muir. Having balanced the pressure of running track at the highest level with studying for her veterinary medicine at the University of Glasgow for seven years, she graduated as Dr Laura Muir in the summer of 2018. Today, she's a full-time athlete though, and she is going well far. Also joining us is Bradley Skeynes, a specialist musculoskeletal physiotherapist. Try saying that one, guys who works with footballers, Team GB gymnasts and clients like you or I to prevent and overcome injuries. An avid runner himself, Brad knows how to avoid the common pitfalls of going well far. He shaved 42 minutes off his marathon time by nailing the perfect plan. Let's talk making a comeback with these guys. Welcome to Welfare Season 3, guys. (laughs) I think we should just get stuck into this show. So, Laura... Back in 2016, you broke Dame Kelly Holmes's 1,500-metre record and said it was one of your best achievements. Is that still the case? Because there's been many more since. Yeah, I think so. It's, um, I guess that was my, my very first British record and it was held yet held by Kelly Holmes and that was the time that she won Olympic gold. And so, yeah, I feel it was quite a, you know, a really big milestone in terms of a record for GB. So it was, yeah, very, very special. You know, I've had lots of 
amazing moments since then. But I think your very first British record is always going to be yeah, really high up there. Were you wearing anything particularly special that day? Like, were you wearing lucky pants that you've then <laughs> worn every time since? No, I'm I'm not one for superstitious stuff because I can I don't want anything to go wrong. Oh, God, so yeah. I literally I'm like right pants socks whatever just grab it. <laughs> as long as I got my race kit and my spikes, um, yeah, I, I just try not to have anything that could possibly go wrong. So yeah, especially with flying around the world so much, if like EasyJet loses you, loses your bag with your special socks in, yeah, yeah, and you're going out. <laughs> Um, and so since then you've had so many highs but last year you had quite a big setback and you tore your calf can you tell me a little bit about that yeah that was um yeah a bit of a, a bit of a bump in the process but um yeah I was running at the uh, Miller Anniversary Games and held in London Stadium last year um and I won the race which was great so I was really happy but Halfway through the race, I just felt my calf like kind of twinge, and I was like, mm, "This doesn't, this doesn't feel right." Um, and the last sort of a hundred meters, I was like, "Right, just stride it out, just stride it out, get to the finish line." And then I knew as soon as I crossed the finish line, yeah, I couldn't walk properly, and I was like, "Oh, something's, something's not right here." So yeah, I got an MRI the next day, and yeah, I'd, I'd torn torn my calf muscle and quite badly as well. It was quite a bad grade of tear, and this was just um, I think about three months out from the World Championships. Um, you know, I was in like amazing shape, um, hoping to medal at the World Championships, you know, those few months down the line. So, yeah, so it, it was really tough. But I think you just have to, you know, take what you're given and just work with it and try and get yourself back in the best place possible. And was that your first experience of like a big injury? I think in terms of the length of time. Yeah, I'd, I'd had a stress fracture in my foot a couple of years beforehand, but we kind of got it quick enough that I only really took a couple of weeks out and I was able to get back to things quite quickly. But with this calf tear, it was about six weeks of really quite disruptive training. And then even on coming back to training, it wasn't sort of a, a seamless process. It was a few ups and downs. So I think in terms of length of an injury, yeah, that was probably the most significant one I've had so far. Yeah. A lot of people talk about the actual, like, the mental pain mm. of having an injury as much as the physical pain. Is that something you experienced? Yeah, I think. I mean, it was sore at the time, you know, tearing the calf, but... I think the more frustrating thing is definitely the mental aspect of it because I was able to keep in reasonable sort of shape. Um, you know, I was in a very good place when I raced then. So I wasn't quite as fit, you know, a couple of months down the line. But if you're in a really, really good shape, you lose a bit of fitness, you're still in a pretty good place. And I was able to keep that up with swimming and, and stuff like that. But, bet, you know, you love to run. And as much as you can exercise and do other things, running's the thing that you love to do. And to not be able to do that is, is very, very frustrating, yeah. And it's something which just not people at an elite level like you have to deal with. Um, Brad, as a physio, I can mm. only assume that a lot of your days and career are characterised by injury. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> it's how you yeah. make your money, really, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> In fact, I found a stat online, and this this stat even like blew my mind. That a national the National Runner Survey found that seventy five percent of runners have had some sort of sport related injury over the past twelve months. Yep, that's that's probably more than likely. Runners and and most of them will be their own fault through sort of getting their training wrong and doing too much too soon. But yeah, it's uh, uh, very common. And, and just touching on what you said there, the, the, there's two parts to it, the physical and the mental side of things. And Laura mentioned it there. And, and I think when you had Paula on the run as well, she was talking about the, the mental side of things. Mm. And you're taking away someone's identity if they can't run. And at the, the, the highest level, that's kind of what 
puts them in in the news and where where the success comes from but even to the the recreational level if someone can't go to their run club on a Tuesday and a Thursday then all of a sudden they're losing also their social interaction as well as their their exercise as well so it, it can be a big thing big thing for runners. And how do you deal with that kind of first appointment with people? Because I know that if that was me coming or when I've experienced any kind of injury, it's very emotional, that first one. So I'm not just coming to you because I've got a sore leg. I'm coming to you because I've got a sore leg and my whole life has just fallen apart and I want you to fix it. Absolutely. And and, and think of those runners who have got a a marathon in four weeks' time and they've raised £4,000 for charity and they're desperate to get round it in in any which way possible. Make sure the box of tissues is is next to the chair and <laughs> uh, we, we talk a lot about sort of having good empathy in the medical profession and, and stuff and a lot of the time is a lot of the time these injuries won't be serious sometimes they are um, and we have to get them checked out with with different scans and investigations but a lot of people just need a, actually a bit of reassurance that you, you, you're going to be okay and then a good action plan in place and then with a bit of reassurance start setting those those little milestones I'm, I'm sure you had some some little milestones set in in your recovery as well yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, like yeah, like you said, kind of how much you take it for granted, just to be able to to run and to run pain free. Mm. So yeah, when I was coming back from injury, it was like, oh, I can do a calf raise and it's not sore. You know, this is amazing. You know, you just have to kind of those tiny little uh, stepping stones, and it's like, right, how many can I do this week? How many can I do next week? Can we meet this more kind of plyometric and it's not sore and it's um. You know, I'd start off like a five minute run and it was so exciting. And then I go to 10 minutes and yeah, it's just about those little, little steps and not jumping in too soon. Yeah. And that's a really good point because a lot of our rehabilitation now is criteria based rather than time based. So, right. you know, a client comes in, a patient comes in and, and there's a few things they want to know. They want to know what's wrong. What can we do about it? And how long is it going to take? And and how long it takes now, I, I often say to people, depends on you, how much work you're going to do and, and, and stuff there. Yes, we have to give the body a bit of healing time but rather than saying you know a calf tear heals in six to eight weeks we now say okay we've got this calf tear your first goal is to achieve 10 repetitions of a calf raise right and then it's 25 repetitions of a calf raise once you hit that then you need to be able to do small hops for for 30 seconds and you know once you can achieve that we'll move on to the next stage and we'll plan how to get there so just gives people those little little goals to aim for and and, and I think that helps with that that emotional side of of injury yeah Laura because your body is your business essentially were you very strict with your recovery did you follow it like 100% or are you just a little bit human and did you cheat on any part of it (laughs) no I think you know when you've got a major championships just a few weeks down the line I was like what can I do like can I do this extra can I do but then at the same time you don't want to get too carried away and you need to give your body that time to recover so it's really hard you want to do as much as you can to help yourself but almost doing less is more because you need you need that recovery time and you need the the tissues to heal so yeah it's like trying to trying to be patient and listening to your physio listening to your body as well so yeah like, like Brad said you know there's it's great we've got so much research now in terms of like time frames for things but everybody's so different mm-hmm. and I was lucky in that I was a small athlete so there's not as much forces going through you know, the ground when I run as I would be to, you know, a guy that's, you know, half my body weight more sort of thing. So, you know, everybody's different. You just have to listen to your body and, yeah, just make sure you don't push it too much, but try and do as much as you can at the same time. And you've got a very good pal, Gemma. Yes. Gemma <laughs> Reiki, um, Pocket Rocket. Did you find it hard when you were injured and she was still going out running? 
Because I think a lot of people can sympathise with that when they get injured and then suddenly it feels like the whole rest of the world is running and they can't run. But obviously you at an elite level, you had to have totally pare back your training and they were still training. Was that tough to watch? Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that sense because we did go away on on camp quite newly after I torn my calf and I was in the pool sort of twice a day every day and they were out out running. So, um, yeah, no, it was hard seeing them, you know, go out running or I'd be sat at the track, you know, watching and as they were going round and you're just desperate to get back out there. But, you know, me and Gemma have such a such a good relationship that it was great to see her running well and she's, you know, we're both so, so supportive of one another and we can both talk to one another about things. So actually having her there was much, much better for me and much more positive for me than, you know, not having someone around, um, you know, like her that was running. So, yeah. Nice. Brad, you've also been injured in the past, haven't you? <laughs> you've got a bit of a running story. So you, if I'm right, you trained for a marathon got injured yep. and then trained properly for a marathon I'm doing the fingers and shaved 42 minutes off your time uh yeah yeah pretty much so um <laughs> talk to uh, me about that that whole experience and your comeback yeah so I've done four marathons now and the first and the second one were kind of six months uh, six years apart I should say so it was probably more a very different time of life as to why I shaved the the, the big time off of the marathon first marathon I didn't really train and second marathon I, I trained for um, <laughs> funny that yeah some training in, get faster there you go but uh yeah injury wise so um I was four weeks out from Brighton Marathon and I got really bad shin splints to the point it was it was borderline sort of uh, stress fracture I had to go on an air, air cast boot for for about a week a few days <laughs> do as I say not what I do yeah and yeah recovered in in exactly 30 days um to, to run Brighton Marathon and yep shave 42 minutes off of what I did previously but because of what probably I trained before and that goes to the point where what Laura said everybody's a bit different everybody's got different training backgrounds and return to running programs can look very different as well so for someone who who's quite a novice a return to running program for them might look like you know doing three minutes and, and just increasing by three minutes every other day until we can we can progress from there whereas I I did three minutes and then nine minutes and then 30 minutes and then an hour and a half and then a marathon <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a bit of a rapid rapid recovery but I, I had nothing to lose so it was uh, I was I was doing uh, maybe a sort of a, a case study of one right <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in the medical perspective so don't follow what you did <laughs> why do shin splits happen because they are they're such a common running injury yeah it's an overload syndrome by definition it can relate to a number of different things going on. So it could be inflammation of the lining of the bone. It could be um, inflammation of the tendon. It could be breakdown of the soft tissue. I think there's something like 30, 35 different explanations of shin splints. But to put it simply, it's, it's doing much, too much too soon. There, there can be some other factors involved. Uh, lack of calf strength to provide that shock absorbance through the shin and ankle structures. Tightness in the calf muscle as well. Tightness in the, the, the big toe and the bottom of the foot weakness up in around the glutes so all, all of these can contribute there'll never be one cause but they can all add to the shopping basket of risk factors as we say and something like a, a tendon problem or shin splints often is the coming together of a number of different risk factors and you can chuck things like poor recovery and poor sleep and poor nutrition into that as well and so when you feel them should you immediately go to an expert 
because I, I I have to put my hands up and say I didn't years ago and um, I was actually talking to um, Paula Radcliffe about this so I gave myself really bad shin splints oh. yes terrible <laughs> and I slightly blame her because I I decided that I was going to run three half marathons in three weeks oh, and yeah and <laughs> you know hadn't been doing that much running before I built up to this but also in the middle of that I also chucked in a 10k on a road in Sweden because I went over to this event and Paula was running and then the last like one and a half kilometers I got to run with Paula so I obviously did everything <laughs> I could to keep up with her and then crossed the line and was like the next day I was like my shins are so sore and then I didn't run for a year yeah a year. Wow. <laughs> because I didn't go see anybody yeah I just I sat at home with wine frozen wine coolers on my legs <laughs> trying where was, to where was the wine at this point <laughs> <laughs> It was in a glass, one of those ones where you put a whole bottle in a glass. Um, but but really, though, shin splints, is that something that you should seek advice for? As soon as yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. And uh, runners are the worst for it as well because they don't like to uh, be told they, don't, they can't run. Typically, well, uh, shin splints is it's on a continuum of a stress fracture. So uh, we do have to be careful. There, there are two locations for shin splints so they can be right down the front of the bone which is a quite dangerous area or it can be just on the inside of the of the shin which is a little less little less dangerous still really sore but a little less dangerous i think key things are you know if you if you're getting pain at rest pain at night pain just on walking and it's really not getting better, then you should definitely be seeking seeking some advice there because particularly if it's on, on the front of the shin, on the anterior tibia, it can propagate into a full-on full on fracture, which is which is not good. Not, nobody wants that. <laughs> I just need to quickly interrupt the show, guys, to tell you about one of the patrons of this season of Welfare, Yo Valley. Yo Valley have recently launched their new kefir product. Now, for those of you that haven't heard of kefir before, It's basically a delicious, creamy and tangy organic yogurt packed with billions of live bacteria from 14 different culture strains, making it extra good for gut health, which is something I have really been trying to pay attention to recently. It's available in loads of nice flavours, including natural, mango and passion fruit, blueberry and strawberry, and is only £1.50 for a 350 gram pot. You'll be able to find it in all major supermarkets. Now that I've shared that news, let's get back to today's show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Laura, your recovery from your torn calf. 
Can you talk me through, um, obviously you mentioned earlier on that you had to start doing calf raises to get it strong again. Was there anything else which was really key to your recovery journey? Um, I think just like more or less everything really, you know, <laughs> it's um, you want to try and look after yourself as best possible. So just making sure I got really good sleep, really good nutrition as well. I mean, making sure the protein was in there at the right times and things as well. So making sure if I'd been out for a little mini run or been doing some exercises with the physio then I had something straight afterwards you know to help help that recovery process you know not doing anything stupid like walking around you know yeah. up, up hills and things like that and just really trying to any exercise that I did made sure it was for a purpose and that it had you know thought behind it and um yeah in a working field we did quite a lot of, kind of different banded exercises to kind of help strengthen ligaments and tendons around the ankle because everything's so connected so you might have hurt some area but by strengthening other areas that will help that area too so it's amazing how you can have a problem with your foot and then all of a sudden you compensate and you got a problem with your hip and it's just everything's so connected so I think it's just it was a good opportunity to assess everything in a sense and try and make everything stronger um, and as a result of, of the calf tear you know I have a loading program that I do every two days now um, which focuses on different areas to to strengthen and, and rebuild so as much as you know the the tear was, was horrible it wasn't great we've learned so much from that and I think I'm going to be a much stronger athlete because of it because we've got that kind of um, rehab um, and conditioning work in place now. And what was your first race after coming back from that injury? Um, so it was actually the world championships. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I wasn't sure if you'd done something before, but no, no. we'd kind of we'd, we'd hope to. I might have been able to do one or two, but just the the recovery process took a bit longer than we thought. So I ended up, I ran at London mid July and didn't race until the the heat of the world champs in October. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit nervous for that race, I have to admit, because you know I'd, I'd been training and I knew I was training you know pretty well, but I think a race is always that that gear extra. So. I remember when I finished the heat and I was like, oh, I can run again, it's fine. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I had the semi-final and then the final, so, yeah. God, that must have given you such confidence when you crossed that line and you were like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, please don't blow up, please don't, because I guess the last time I was racing and it was the same distance as well that I was competing in the World Championships as I was when, when I hurt myself. It's thinking like, okay, I'm still okay. I'm still okay. Like, get to the line. I'm still okay. And then afterwards, it's like cooling down. It's like, no, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm still in one piece. So it's, um, yeah, it really does play on your mind a lot, I think. And it does, it can hit your confidence quite a bit too. It's really nice to get back out there and, and know that, oh yeah, I can run again. <laughs> you do race at varying distances. Mm. Have you got a favourite? Um, I do really like the 800. Yeah, do you? I think. Um, I, 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 um, it's like over quicker, though, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, like, oh, I, I hate the long stuff. Oh, goodness. Like, if we have a long session, I'm just like, oh, no, like, not this one again. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the one the one I'm good at, the one I, I love to race is the 1500. I think it's just so tactical and so different. And it plays in so many different things. You've got the speed and the endurance. 800, it's just bang and just go. 1500 is probably my my better distance but a mix of the two is nice it's nice not to be in a rut with one event and you can kind of spice things up a little bit and try different things yeah yeah when we met last summer in Samaritz and you were at training camp yeah I remember that you were doing runs and then there was a lot of going in the cold water yes <laughs> afterwards is cold water therapy or like ice therapy always part of your routine for recovery or was it just that there happened to be this amazing lake that was bloody cold <laughs> by where you were running yeah it was very very cold out there yeah the, kind of the freezing freezing ice off the mountains but yeah it's something we've incorporated since about 2017 when I got because when I 
had the stress factor in my foot, I got a little bit of um, Achilles issues off the back of that and we found that icing really helped to settle things. Um, so I ice just sort of up to the level of my knee, just below the calf, more or less most times after I, after I run. Um, I know there's kind of differing um, research on icing, whether you should do it, whether you shouldn't do it. But um, symptomatically, we found that, it, that it's helped with me. And yeah, so it just kind of depends on, on what you like to do. But I just have a big bucket at home, I stick in the bath, right. shove a bag of ice in it. And just, uh, yeah, it's easy to fill up and and uh, empty. But yeah, everybody's got sort of different recovery techniques and what works for them. And that seems to have kept things at bay and I'm able to train well with that, yeah. Brad, is there any self-help injury prevention techniques which you tell your clients to do? Yeah, for sure. I think the number one thing is runners need to strength train. We know that strength training um, reduces overuse injuries by almost 50%. It only needs to be twice a week. Generally heavy. Obviously, as a beginner, you want to want to start lighter with higher reps, but eventually you, you want runners lifting well. Key exercises for runners, calf raises, which we've already talked about, squats, deadlifts, and lunges. So if they just did those four exercises twice a week, sort of three sets, four sets of six eight repetitions max at a decent load then then they're going to be protecting their body pretty well that's it for me really um you can use the other stuff like like cold therapy and and, and ice therapy to to help recover laurel spot on there's there's different evidence for for <laughs> for each but as i say to every athlete and, and and client i work with you have to find what works what yeah. works for you and we know from from cold therapy you get a nice analgesic effect so if you're a bit sore it, it desensitizes the nerves there and and interestingly it gives a massive reduction in perceived fatigue so so not physiological fatigue but actual how you feel uh, i don't know if you ever jumped in the cold pool at center parks but your legs feel great after it <laughs> <laughs> but the science would tell us that you'd get the same physiological effects whether it's cold or warm but psychologically you feel better in cold and we're not really sure why but it probably relates more to the the, the analgesic effect but in terms of self-help if runners strength training then then that will work and i always say to people you know a lot of people come in and say oh, i've got injured because i haven't been stretching enough and well actually it's probably not the <laughs> not, not the, the reason. reason and that 15 20 minutes that you, you're going to plan to stretch for your runs i'd rather just take that out totally and just have them do some basic strength training uh, and they'll get a lot more lot more bang for the buck are you good at strength training laura I suppose you have to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a lot better now. Yeah, yeah. No, we um we always have a, a big circuit session every week. Um, that we do that differs between like bar stuff and kind of body weight exercises. And then yeah, I got my other my loading program three times a week as well around all my my calf and um ankle and Achilles work too. So yeah, kind of a little bit of everything. So try and keep everything in check. Yeah. With Tokyo on the horizon. You must be getting asked a lot about this this year. <laughs> How are you preparing? Um, I'm just in a big training block just now, yeah. I usually do quite a big indoor season, but this year I just did a couple of races just to kind of see where I was at, um, you know, get back into racing and get back into those, those things. But yeah, just, those races are done now, so I'm just into a, a big block of training. Um, had a really big session on the roads last night, which was good. And yeah, heading off to altitude um, quite soon to the Pyrenees in France which will be nice and it's just yeah kind of training camp after training camp and then I'll start racing in the summer ahead of Tokyo. Are you still using your heart rate during your training to make sure that you're not pushing yourself too hard? <laughs> yeah I use yeah. my heart rate for every every session every run that I do which is great because I think it just it's really good for my coach to be able to see 
where we're at, you know, and how hard is she pushing on different runs and all oh, that was a little bit slow, but heart rate was high because it was a, probably a storm again. Um, <laughs> you know, really, really windy, but it's, yeah, we use that data all the time um, and it's really useful, yeah. And one more question. Are you doing anything to make sure that you're mentally prepared for the Games? I think I'm just using the philosophy that I've had the past few years is just to kind of uh, enjoy the process. I remember back in was it 2014, you know, I had like the home, home Commonwealth Games in Glasgow and uh, a few other competitions that I was kind of expected to meddle in and I let the pressure kind of get to me and I didn't perform very well. Um, and after the back of that, I was just like, right, what are we doing? You know, we need to, this is a bit you're meant to enjoy in terms of the competition side of things. So after that, I was just like, right, you know, we're going to go into competitions more relaxed. We're going to try and enjoy them. Um, and when I did that, I, I raced an awful lot better and, and came away with the medals. So it's... um. Yeah, you know, we're going to Tokyo is obviously very, very exciting, um, you know, with the, the Olympics and, and hopefully I'll have Gemma alongside me as well. It'll be her first Olympics. So, yeah, it's going to be a very kind of exciting year. But I just want to, yeah, you want to enjoy it as much as you can. And I'm not going to, yeah, I'm just going to put the pressure on myself and try not think about it from, from outside places. And Brad, yes. for everyone who's listening in who's potentially been injured, but they have their biggest race on the horizon, that might be a 5k, might be a 10k, a lot of people, it's a marathon. Mm. As an expert, what would you be saying to them? So for the injured runner coming up to their, their, their race, I guess, first of all, don't worry, it can be done. Um, there's always a way we might have to uh, sacrifice some times, but a lot of the time we can we can still get you around. And also, it's not always necessary to stop running as well. Uh, a lot of runners are fearful of seeing a medical professional because they're going to say you can't you can't run. That's the last thing on our mind. We we want you running. We want you back running. That's that's how we make a living: <laughs> getting yep. people back uh, doing what they want to do. But they need to put in the hard work, and it's going to take, as I'm sure Laura can attest to, if if you're close to a competition. You're going to have to be putting in a, a good couple of hours a day to to achieve what you what you want to do, but it all depends on the person's goal. For the non-injured runner, yeah. enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> marathon's coming up, and I think the biggest advice I always said was just don't do anything different. Train in the clothes you're going to wear. Don't eat anything different or have any different gels or anything like that. And stick to a race plan. Pacing is is key. It's the reason a lot of people blow up towards the end because they haven't stuck to the stuck to the pacing. Don't try and dodge around people at the start. Um, just save your energy because there's uh, there's plenty of time to catch up. Um, someone told me that marathon doesn't start till twenty miles. So oh yeah, you've, uh, you've <laughs> got to get there. And that person, I think, was quite right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for coming on and sharing your stories and your wealth of advice. For people to follow you both this summer, where is the best place? Laura, you start. Um, I guess I've got Twitter and, and Instagram. So um, at Laura Muir Runs and Twitter similar on Instagram. So yeah, that's probably the best spot. I'll try and keep you updated where I'm at. Fab. Sharing pictures from McDonald's in Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> Never know. See, the twins are well, it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brad? Mostly on Instagram these days, at PhysioBrad. So yeah, that's the best place to uh, reach out. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. And thank you to you guys for listening in. Don't forget, we love seeing all of your running pictures and we love seeing how the information that you hear on this show you put into practice. So please do keep sharing using hashtag welfare. And don't forget to head over to Amazon where my new book, I Can Run, has just landed. Thanks, guys. Team, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please do rate, review, and subscribe. 
It really helps other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too. Until next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.